Dr. Simcoe with Nisim tonight. I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky. It's been a while. Wow, yeah. For Hashem. And it's Wednesday night at 8.08. We're running a little late, but that's okay. Because you know what? Because I, I saw Nisim and I haven't, haven't spoke to him in so long. So we got a little carried away. For Hashem. But um, it's Wednesday night and these are such powerful parashiyot. You know, when... Because these are like the foundational parshas of 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 Klal Yisrael, and 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 and, and wow, okay, boy v'shalach Yisrael, this is Yisrael. But um, but anyways, so I hope everybody had a good week, and uh, it was it was a little bit. I took two weeks off, unfortunately. Unfortunately, I had I, I wasn't able to come in. But I missed very much being on the show, and here I am. And uh, we're going to take some calls. Anyways, let's see. Who do we got on the line? Hi, you're on the line. Hello? Hi, how are you? It's Laser Diamond. Uh, of course, Laser Diamond. How are you? Yeah, Hashem. I had a good week, you know. I just want to know just Robotsky should have a food shalim. Amen, amen, amen. You should, I'm serious, you should. We call Yisrael needs a lot of good mother. You know what, Yisrael, Rav Yisrael Belsky is, is, is a yachid, yeah. is, is... I know. We need him. Okay, have a great day. And be well, I'd like to shout out to my best friend, Adi Gross. Isn't okay. he? Okay, have a good one. And, and Moshe Yaakov, Moshe Yaakov, Klein. Okay. And whoever's listening, whatever, or anybody of my friends, wherever they are. They're okay, thank you. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, I want to thank Hashem for that. I got a very good mark on my Mr. I studied so long. That is such a good thing. You know, something, so are well, you thanking Hashem for the great, or are you thanking for Hashem for the fact that you have the Bina Vadas to get the great? fact that I was able to get it after studying so long. That's right. That's right. I'm so happy. What was the test on? Math. Math. You know something? That's a simple. I'm, I, I'm not so great at math. So I, uh, and, uh, there's some people that really get it. I guess I suppose if I really applied myself, I would. That's an actually interesting story because when I was a kid, I had a teacher that used to tell me, you just don't have a math head and you just don't know math. And I think that's Partially why I grew up thinking that I'm just never going to know math. But anyways, good for you. Thank you. Are you on midwinter now? No, our school doesn't have identification. Ah, okay, fine. So I'm sorry if I rubbed it in. I didn't mean to. <laughs> okay. Take uh, care. Thanks. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, how are you? Okay, what's cooking? Nothing much. Um, I just want to... Mentioned to Reb Neeson that yesterday by his chesed hour, I texted him and I'm starting a WhatsApp group for uh, for people who are looking for jobs, and he, he he thought it was a great idea and he announced it and it's going really great. I'm getting a lot of messages. That's awesome. A lot of a lot of advertisements. That's great. That's great. It's killing me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, repeat your number. Repeat number because really, it's I think that it's very very big mitzvah, very big and mitzvah. I think that uh, to people that need jobs and people that want. Okay, so he probably didn't hear me. I uh, know. So, so so listen. So, repeat, uh, text me the number, or or text us the number so we could announce it. Okay, for that WhatsApp chat for people who are looking for jobs because you know what. A lot of times, these these the, the, a lot of the 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 employment uh, sites are very very good. Jewish like Hapoel Group is a great great employment place, but not everybody's able to like go through the system like that. So I think that uh, this is a a great great thing. Anyways, but um, now like a lot of kids finish their midterms and the tests and and uh, a lot of pressure. You know, in my house there was a lot of pressure studying and whatnot. You like, know, this is, was one of the topic uh, with uh, Rabbi Weinberg yesterday about about this pressure. And so it's how to take the pressure. Well, and uh, you know, we spoke about it. Uh, and what? What? And, and what was the? What? What? What was the conclusion? The conclusion that uh, parents and teachers have to release a little bit pressure from the kids. Um, you know something? I I think that. I think that I, I'm not. I'm not. 
I don't know if it's the parents and the teachers. I think kids need to be taught how to manage pressure. And I don't think it's our job to release the pressure. I think that we have to be on top of it to make sure that it's not too much. But I think kids need to be taught how to manage pressure. They have to learn how to take breaks. And they also have to learn, a kid has to also learn that, that you know, it's not the most important thing in the world. But if they manage their time and their pressure, then they could probably, probably not go so nuts. But I think that lowering the standards is maybe not such a great thing. Um, I, you know, I, that, that's, that's, really, that's really my opinion. But I think that it's better to teach kids how to have the tools. Hi, you're on the air. Hello? Hello? Yeah, hello? How you doing? Good. Um, what's the topic? Topic is whatever you want to speak about. Actually, we're talking about pressure for midterms. Do you, do you take midterms? No. You didn't, you're lucky. But um, do, you, do you think that, that it would be a good thing for kids to learn how to handle pressure? Um, do you think I pressure should be taken off? To be taken off. You think it should be taken off? Yes. But then what happens in life when you have pressure? Um, I have no clue. So I think that, I think that if it's too much, it should be taken off. I think that it's a good thing right, to teach. Right, it's too much, then it should be. But I think it's a good thing to teach kids how to handle pressure. I think that's an important thing. Hello. Mm -hmm. Um, what, what's it, you know what the most important way to handle pressure is? What? To, to sink into your head that this isn't a life and death situation. That. It's not the end of the world, that, that you do the best you can, and that's really what's important. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You follow? Yeah. Okay. All right, have a good night. You too. Hi, you're on the air. Hello. How are you? Hello. Great, Baruch Hashem. Um, I'm also my friend, I just wanted to, uh, I just wanted to thank Hashem that I got a very good rock on my midterm. After I said it really, really, really hard for it. Wow, that's really great. But you yeah. wanna know something? I think it's really I think it's really great that you got a great that you got a great mark in the midterm. I think it's also also really great that you realize that if you work really, really hard, then you get a good grade. It's yeah. kinda like how it goes. Mm hmm Okay, thanks for calling. Hello? Hello? Yeah, Brenda wants to ask a question. Okay. Um, we we had a debate, and we start, I want to know like what you believe in. We were, um, is homeschooling or standard schooling? Uh, I'm sorry. What was that? What uh, what was it? Do you do you believe in homeschooling, or you without special standard schooling? I don't believe in homeschooling at all. I don't Why believe not? in homeschooling at all. Because Why I not? think that I think that the. The, I think that there's so much more important things that you can get in school, uh, other than just the education. Yeah, but when you're homeschool, when you're in school, there's so much bullying and like pressure and like show offs and everything. I think that, uh, but that, but that, but not being able to face that, and you know, you have to learn how to face that. You have to learn how to face life by hiding from it and staying at home and not ever facing, not learning how to do things. That's not going to help you. Not to deal with it when you get older. That's right, and you can't run away. Well, you can't run away from it. Can't run away from reality. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, you know, there's so many good and important things that you get from school, like the friends and groups and activities and and things that happen in schools, like a world in itself. If you are homeschooled. You miss out on all of that stuff. You, you miss right. out on all, all of the group activities. You also miss out on developing relationships with adults. You have teachers who you develop relationships with. And you, you, you can't, there's no way of taking all that you learn in school and, and putting it into, into a home. However, I think that every home should also be a school. I think once you get home from school, I think that you could do a lot of learning at home as well. You could learn from your things, but don't mix school at home. 
What, what's that? We have enough school in school. I don't want an at-home. Ah, so it doesn't have to be the learning that you do in school. But when your parents don't teach you anything? Yeah. They teach right. you about life. different type of learning. Right, exactly. Teach you about life. So that's a kind of homeschooling. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Thanks hey, for thank calling. You. Great, great thank question. You. Okay, thanks for calling. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, you're on the air. Hello? Is it me? Yeah, you, you. What's up? Okay, so I think that kids um, kids act more wild these days because they, because they are under so much pressure, and then they want to ear out. You know something? I don't know if kids act more wild these days than they did in days before. I just think that we, we think every generation thinks that their generation is acting the most wild. I think, though, that without pressure, there is no growth. And I think that we need to teach kids, A, how to have realistic pressure and how to regulate their pressure. Now, True, but there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot. The question is, do you have to do all of it? And what happens if you don't do all of it? Do you go nuts? Or do you say, okay, I'm going to try harder next time? See, the pressure is imposed about people who want to get a certain result. Okay? And I have another question. But let me just finish what I'm saying. Okay? But hold your question. But it's, if you... If you you, you have to try and do what you, you have to try and do well, but if you have a certain result, you want to beat a certain person, you want to be the best. That's what, that's pressure that we don't need. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. What's the other question? Okay. Um. What did I want to say? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I should have let you. Um. Let's say I'm under a lot of, um, let's say, um, schoolwork. Is it a good thing to, like, say, like, I don't care, or should I rather, like, try until I, like, burst? Well, I, I think that they're both wrong. I think that you shouldn't say I don't care, because you do care. Because you sound like a, a person that cares. I wouldn't try until I burst. I would, I would try, I would put things into perspective, and I would say, listen, I'm going to do the best that I can, and it's not the end of the world. It's a learning process. Life is a learning process. And I'm going to make sure that I know that I put in the best effort I could. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, whatever you get, your learning process is going to be that you tried very, very hard. And that's the but main thing. If I say I can't, um, I try till I only I can, then I'm going to feel upset if I but only do very little, and then I get, let's say, a very low mark. I'm going to feel upset. Rather, I say, I don't care, and I get the same low mark. Well, I think that if you're saying that you're going to try and then not try a lot, I don't think that that's the way to be. I think you should push yourself and be mature and realistic with yourself about what you could do. I think that it's a very... I think what you're talking about is a part of life that every single person goes through, children and adults. Adults go through this at work, and adults go through this in, in, in growing up in their families. We all have this battle about how much effort we're going to put in and how much we're going to achieve. You have some people that work really, really hard and achieve a lot. You have some people that say, you know what, I'm okay with just a little and I don't have to work so hard. Then you have some people that don't work at all and then they, then they complain when they don't have anything. So I think that the idea is that two things. First of all, You'll get according to how much you put in, okay? And the second thing is if you, if, you, if you work hard, generally, generally, you will achieve. You will achieve. If you, if, if you kill yourself, generally, you'll fail because eventually you're, you'll crash. So you have to be able to get, you pace yourself. For example, if let's say there's a subject that's really, really difficult for you, and it's something that takes 90% of your time and everything else suffers. I would tell you, consider like not, not, not accepting the fact that you may not do so well in that subject. And dedicate yourself to the other subjects. Okay? Okay, fine. Thank you so much. Okay, the main thing is you have to realize this is all just school. It's just now. God willing, you're going to get older. It's not going to make a difference to the type of 
husband or wife person is to the type of father or mother they are, it's not going to make a difference. What's going to make a difference is that you're emotionally healthy and that you can take care of yourself. No one's going to ask you in 20 years whether you know long division and how you did on a test. Okay? Or how, how well you did on your ninth grade uh, regions. That's not a question they're going to ask you by your first child's birth. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. They can look at you and say, ah, oh, what a great parent. Look at this beautiful Sivcha. So I won't worry about it that much. You want to get by. You don't want to be a failure. But, but trust me, the best guy, the best, the smartest guy in, in, in my class in, in university is, forgive me for saying, the biggest loser. Because that's all he did. And he, he tried so hard to get the good grades, and he hurt people, and, 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 he, and he cut people out of things, and he, and he eliminated people, and, and, he, and now he's a nobody. No, because I think, I think that I'm not school smart, but I think I'm life smart, but people are not going to look at that. People look more like, you got good marks or not? No, now they do. Now right. they do. But in life, school smart doesn't... Does, uh, can I tell you? I'm going to tell you a two-second story. There, they, I know somebody who never had a brain tumor. And it was an emergency. They rushed this person to Brookdale Hospital. Brookdale Hospital is in the middle of Bedford-Stuyvesant. It's the worst neighborhood in Brooklyn at the time. It was 30 years ago. And the absolute, at the time, worst doctors, like the, the guys who like, really didn't make it, were there. So they took a CAT scan of this person, and the doctor walks in and says, the doctor looked like the biggest schlamazel in the world. He says, how old is this person? Happened to have been a kid. So he says, uh, eh, she's a goner. Nah, I don't give her more than six months. He goes, I wouldn't, I wouldn't shop for her for school next year because she's not going to be needing many clothes. This is how he told the parents that the child is, is, is ill. So now hear this. They got the kid. They rushed the kid to NYU. The best surgeon in the world, his name was Fred Epstein. May he rest in peace. He was, he was on the cover of Time magazine. It's absolutely world-renowned. He used to fly to different countries, and they used to save up surgeries for him to do on children that no one else did surgeries like him. He was by far the greatest uh, pediatric brain surgeon. So when they brought in the scans, he said, who diagnosed this child? So they told him the doctor's name. He goes, I don't have to look at the scans. That is by far the best diagnosis that you will get in the world today on brain tumors. I said, what are you talking about? The guy's a jerk. He's a schlamazel. He's a schlump. He's in Brookdale Hospital. He goes, yes. And he graduated 10 places ahead of me in medical school. He was the top, top of everybody in the same class as me, he graduated 10 spaces ahead of me. So, so what happened? He goes, he has no brains. He has no heart. He has no soul. He has no insight into people. He doesn't care. He has a miserable life. So he has the biggest brain, and he spends his whole day diagnosing nobody. So oh. today, so, so and you, could, you could Google Fred Epstein, and you could see... And Fred Epstein, before, at, at the time when he died, it's a terrible story. He had a biking accident, and he, he suffered traumatic brain injury, and he died. But he had dyslexia. He was learning disabled. And he said that because he spent so much time trying to figure out how to learn and figure around his disability... That's the way he did brain surgery, and that's why he was able to do it different than everybody else. Well, so you may not be school smart. I disagree. You sound very, very smart. And knowing what you can do in school, and it's not the most important thing, your midot, and, and the way you look at life, and the way you associate yourself with your friends and your parents, that is who you are. That is who you are. And you sound very smart. 
And you know what? That, it, it, it doesn't really matter what you get on a grade because the grade is just one person's criteria of measure. It's just fine. one person. Hashem measures us differently. That's what spoke yesterday. Okay, there you go. Uh, and that's the only thing, because the grade, not the pressure of the learning, the pressure of the grade, the par parents and teachers and the kids falling to this trap to get hundred and hundred. And but this, you know this, what? Is, this is the something that we we have to, and, and we spoke about it, that have to either to change some of the system, sometimes to, to, you know, grade is not important. Can and I tell I'm, you? Telling you, I'm telling you, I, as, as a kid, I'm talking about I was the selection guide. Okay. And I really, for me, 65 was, the, the, I didn't want more than this. I just pass and that's it. I used to, I, I, I just same. want 65 to pass. I didn't even. I didn't even want 65. Yes. I used to say at least 50% yeah. is a good percentage. At least so, I know half the material. Yeah. So I graduated university. I graduated very good. You know something? It's not, it, great is nothing to do with, with ability and talent. And because all of you, all, all of us is a talent, you know. And Hashem, listen, you know what? One child told me something very important. I actually had it assigned on my wall. If Moshe Rabbeinu was alive today, he'd be pulled out three times a week for speech therapy. 100%. Because he had the bad pair. Because they had the lisp. Whatever. However you interpret Moshe's bad pair. So much so that because Prokhan had to have Aaron speak for him. So they would have had him in speech, maybe OT and PT. And by the way, he probably also wouldn't have been accepted to yeshiva because yeah, he was, grew up yeah, in Potiphar's house. His mother, his stepmother wasn't even Jewish. He wouldn't get, they wouldn't, he wouldn't accept. He wouldn't, he wouldn't have gotten accept. into any one of our yeshivas. And, yeshi, uh, and you know, shiduchim is not a oh, question. Forget And David Amalek was also... Yeah. David Melch was also of question, uh, you know, at the time, David Melch, wait, wait, if you look at the Navi and you look at that, that, the, that they came to Yishai, Shmuel came to Yishai and said, bring me your sons. And he brought all of his sons and he looked at all of them. He said, nope, Melch's not here. He goes, you have any other sons? So they said, yeah, David Melch. He brought him. He was in the stable, whatever. Yeah. It's like, well, Yishai was stupid. He knew he had another son. Why didn't he bring him? Said because they thought he was a mamzer. Yeah, it's Cinderella story. You know? Yeah, this this they is the, you know, this, uh, always always we find the underdog, and they are the successful. So people. so my friend, you may not be book smart, but when you're the president of some organization, okay, call me up and remind me that I told you you're going to be successful. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. Take care. Hello. Hello. You're on the air. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. Yeah, I have an attitude problem, and and um, and my and and my um, my teacher always tells me that I have to improve. I really want to. I don't know how to. Well, okay, so your teacher tells you you have an attitude problem. Also, 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 my mother like when she tells me to go to bed, I always make a face, but I really don't want to. Okay, so let me tell you something. Not wanting to do something is not an attitude problem. Always, and you know how you know that. Because there's there's a certain cloud in the Torah that says There's a question about doing a mitzvah. Okay, if a person, if a Jew does a mitzvah or if a non-Jew does a mitzvah, that it's harder for the Jew to do a mitzvah because we have the commandment to do it. So they say, but that doesn't make sense. They okay, say, but, but I really want to. But, but I don't know. I just always, I always. Like, I, I really, I really want to be happy and everything, but I just, so, my teacher, so, she doesn't like, she tells me, like, whenever she says a test, I always, like, make a face. But everyone in my class does it. So, I don't think, it's an attitude problem. I want to finish what I was saying. If it's hard to do something and you do it anyways and you there's no pain, there's no gain. So it's okay. It's not called an attitude problem. Like, like someone says, oh, why aren't you happy studying for your test? Like, what are you, for real? I mean, come on. Like, it's not like riding a roller coaster. I'm not like eating a steak. Why should I be happy studying for my test? I'm doing it because I have to do it. It's the right thing to do. I should be happy. 
Okay? The kids that are, like, really, really happy, sometimes they want to take their temperature. <laughs> like, like, you know, I don't know. It, it, I don't think that there's anything wrong. I think complaining and not doing it is a problem. I think saying this is hard, but I'm going to do it anyways. I'm going to try really hard, which you said five times I really want to. I think that's life. Hey, Baba, today she called me and told me that, that, that she, that, that if I don't, I don't improve by my attitude and that she's going to make something by a report card. But I really, I don't want to get a bad report card. I really want to do it. But like, always when she says that to go to, uh, she says, take out your grammar book. And I really don't like grammar. And just make a face then. So you know what? So that's something you could practice not doing. You know what? It's something we, we all, listen. We all have to get used to, like, not showing how we feel about certain things. And that's a good thing to find. How old are you? Um, 11. Okay, so you're 11 years old. You can get, it's a good age to start getting used to that. I mean, it depends what? on the kind of face. If you went like, oh, grammar, I hate grammar. That, that's a problem. But if you just, like, make a face, like you have, like, a stomachache, not the end of the world. But it's good oh, to so work out your attitude what time anyways. the show? What time does it start? 8 o'clock. I, I work on my time? attitude every day, so it's okay. So what? I work on my attitude every day, and I'm an old man, so there you go. No, till what time is the show? It's till 9 o'clock. Till 9 o'clock from 8 to 9? Yep. Also, oh, how should I improve? Well, they just said the test. That, so we're having two tests that day, and I'm really upset. So, well, I should be happy? No, I think I, think I, I, I was pretty clear. Not, you, sh- you, shouldn't be, you shouldn't be happy, but you shouldn't, like, make such... You know what? Bottom line is, no drama. <laughs> no drama. <laughs> Deal with it. Okay? Okay, thank you. Oh, you got it. Hi, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, what's up? Um, I... I have like a, I have like a problem with like, I, I like a lot of times, I have, I, I a lot of times like struggle in school with like my work. Okay. And, and like, like, um, teachers like always yell at me. Um, well, and I, I like never ever do like trouble. I, I, I like, one year I, I was like, I was like, I had like mainly with one teacher. I had like a very hard time. Um, that, like, she's, like, acting very mean to me. That's and she, so like, kept on, she kept on, like, like, telling the class, like, telling the class, like, right, right, this homework is not, is not, um, right, look at this, uh, right, look at this rule. Alright, you're making aren't, this makes um, you feel so right, bad. Right, right, the is good. So, like, I have a very hard time, and I, I have a hard time talking to teachers. I don't blame you. If a teacher did that to me, or if a teacher did that to one of my kids, I would be, I would be, I would be fuming. Listen, there's no crime, there's no crime, in not knowing something so well. And like you said, if you don't misbehave, I, I would, I would, I would honestly, I would speak it over with my parents, and that's a very serious issue, because a teacher that yells at a child for not knowing something. Or yells at a child and makes them feel bad because they don't know something, that the child walks away feeling like they're stupid, I think that that teacher is really guilty of malpractice. You know what malpractice is? Malpractice is, it's not like, it's, it's not when someone just doesn't do a good job. Malpractice is that they do an opposite job. I'll give you an example of malpractice. Someone has to have a... Uh, so has to have their right leg removed and the doctor takes off their left leg. That's like a really, really big mistake. You got it? Yeah. This um, is like the like, biggest mistake. Like afterwards, basically by the end of the year, like she's like, uh, um, my mother called her to tell her like she's asking me to me. So I was like, so and I told my mother and she's like, and she called my teacher, and she's like, yes, yeah, so, like, go, so she, so she called her up, and, and, and then she, um, and she got all angry, and so on Friday, so she, she started, she took me away, and she, and she yelled at me, and she's like, why did your mother call, and everything, and oh she gave gosh. me this whole oh speech. 
This is, this is, so you have to understand something, and I never really say this, but I'm going to say this. Uh, this teacher, this teacher apparently has an issue, okay? And I wouldn't, I think that you need to understand that there's nothing, is, that, that you shouldn't feel bad, and if, I, I, I really, well, you have a little while to the end of the year. Is, are you still in this teacher's class? Are you still in this teacher's class? No, but it, it, it's still giving me problems because I'm banned at, like, on every subject because of her. Like, every example, she gave me yelling, everything. She gave so, me yelling. So you have to put it out of your head, my dear. You have to put it out of your head. And you have to realize that don't let, don't, you know what, don't walk away with her baggage. Okay, thank God you're not in her class anymore. And start looking around. And I bet you you'll find people that value you. And I bet you you'll find people who think that you're smart. This one teacher, you know what? It could have been just an age thing. Sometimes at a certain age, you just not, you, like sometimes a kid's head doesn't kick in. Is there, I had a little girl that I was working with. I promise that, that she had an evaluation and they said that she was autistic. You know what autistic is? Yeah. That's like really severe. And I worked with this kid, and I was not ready to accept that. I said, this child is not autistic. And this was a very big psychologist, like, like a, a, a big... And I said that I think I have an idea of how I could help this kid. And we tried different things. Do you know that this kid graduated, and she got honors and awards in eighth grade? Because... She had a certain style of learning that we needed to figure out what it was. So what you need to focus on is how you learn best. And one thing you got to know is you don't learn best when someone screams at you. I don't know anybody that does. I know if someone screams at me, my volume shuts off. I don't hear. I don't, I don't know what you want from me. No, I, I hear that like every single... And every single, like, day, so it got into my ears, like, every time. I know, so you got to get it out, because guess what? How old are you? Um, I don't really want to say. Okay, are you between 8 and 11? Um. Older or younger? Um. Older, okay. So you got to get it out of your head. Because you know what? Look around and find the people that say that you're great. And I can tell you, from me, I don't even know you. I'm speaking to you. You're speaking so intelligently. And you're speaking so well about your problem. You're not whining and you're not blaming and you're not carrying on. You're, you're clearly an intelligent person. So this is one chapter in your life. And in 20 years, you're going to laugh your pants off about it. Because guess what? You know what's going to happen in 20 years? You're going to pass by the school, and she's going to be doing the same thing, just with a grayer shaito. <laughs> she is. In 20 years, she's going to be doing the same thing. Her shaito's just going to be gray. Who knows what her hair's going to look like? Hopefully, she won't be in the school. You know what? But could very well be. She will be. And she's going to be doing the same thing. And you're going to be looking at the kids, and you're going to be telling the kids quietly, eh, I went through that. It was like it was like only me, like like all the and kids. A lot of times, teachers have one target. It's not because of you, my friend. It's not because of you. I know she's she's just like asking me. Okay, you know what? I feel bad for her, but I certainly don't feel bad for you. You have a whole life ahead of you. You do. Does your teacher right. this year like you? What? Does your teachers do your teachers like you this year? Maybe one teacher is like, I don't know. Not like, like that, right? What? You don't have any situation like that, right? Right. So, hello? You, you, yeah. You, you're going to have, you're going to be fine. It, like there's, you know, just, it, it's get, you know, when you travel away from something, the further away you get, the smaller it gets. The older yeah. you get, the smaller she gets. Like she does it every year. My mother kept on saying that like she does it every year. But she's 
she, but you're not going to have her again, right? Right. So that's it. So whatever she taught last year, this year she's history. <laughs> okay. She's forever a history teacher for you. What? She's going to be a history teacher for the rest of your life. Because she's history. Get it? Yeah. Okay, take care. Okay, thank you. Okay, you got it. Hi, you're on the air. Yeah. Hi, how are you? I would like you? to talk about something in school that happens almost oh. all the time. Okay, what happened? There's here, like, this certain boy in my class that none of the boys like him. And I try to like him, but if they see me liking him, then they start bullying me. And they bully him all day long. What should I do? Oy. First of all, first of all, you have to know how Akash Baruch Hu loves you for being able to stand up and say, I want to do this. The fact that you have a heart and you want to be the one to do this, so you already get your schar. You're already one of Akash Baruch Hu's stars. How we're going to do it, we'll talk about. But you're already, you're already your ticket's in. Right, forget it. Because Baruch Hu loves when someone, when someone stands up and takes, it does something, that um, a mitzvah like that, that's a B. I want you to know that for this boy, the fact that you're trying to be his friend, you are probably saving his life, because the difference between being alone and having one friend is enormous. It's it's huge. Even if you think it's just you, but having one friend, somebody trying to be friends with him, that is a huge message to him. That means, Tim, you know what? I'm not a total loser. So you have no idea what a mitzvah you're doing. So now, what I would do is, I'm sure in your class that there are some other nice kids like you, maybe not as nice as you, but are there some kids that are nice like you? There's maybe one other one with him, but... I'm, I'm, talking about, I'm, I'm not talking about with him. I'm talking about oh, just Dom um, Nice Kid. What? I'm not talking about with him. I'm talking about just nice kids. Are there nice kids in the class? Yeah. Okay. I would target those nice kids one by one. And individually, I would say, you know what? Listen, we have an opportunity here. We have a kid who's being bullied, who's all alone. I can't do it myself, because if I do it myself, everybody's going to drive me crazy, and they're going to bully me. Could you, like, let's do this. Let's, like, let's do this mitzvah, and let's, like, really change this kid's life. And, and try and convince one or two kids to do that. I bet you you'll be able to do it. And if you could do it, then you're going to have for yourself something that you could cherish forever and ever and ever because it's a mitzvah that's so unique and it's so enormous that you're, when you have children and grandchildren they're going to be affected by it because you're going to save a kid's life alright he oh. has friends because he skipped over in Hebrew but by English he stays so over there he has a lot of friends and usually the bullies of the class just tell him, like, go back to your friends. So if you you could help him by by including him in being his friend. Okay, I'm glad to hear he has friends. That makes the story a little a little better. So it's not like a pikuach nefesh like total story. But first of all, it's amazing that you're not involving yourself in in the negativity. And I would. Always, whenever you want to do something and it's not working, and you have, and you, and you see that you're not doing it alone, bring other people into the mitzvah. It's it's really, really a good way to do it. Okay. Right. You're a tzaddik. Yeah, but like some of the nice kids in my class don't like him. You know what? I didn't say you have to like him. I didn't ask whether you like him or not. Being friendly with him and making him included. That's a mitzvah. And if you don't like him, it's even a bigger mitzvah. 
Can I tell you? It's unfortunately the way it goes. But we, you, you do it because he needs it, because it's a chesed from Hashem. I'm not telling you to be his best friend. I'm not telling you, like, you know, uh, be, be his partner and everything. But to be friendly with him and include him, you know, he 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 needs that. Maybe he'll become nicer if you do that. Okay. No, but like he's a little ant in the class. Nobody really cares about him. Uh, apparently, that's not true. You do. Right, but okay. So you got to besides me. So you got to really. you got to spread that. Spread that. You could do it. Hashem is going to help you. All right? All right. This is a great, great discussion. Thank you so much for bringing this on the air. All right. Okay. Take care. Good luck. Call me back. Give me a report. I sure will. Awesome. Awesome. Bye. Okay, bye. Hi, you're on the air. Me? Yeah. Hi. What's cooking? Um, there's a kid in my class. Well, we have a snowball Everybody picks on him, and he always gets hurt, and no one cares. Oy. Well, evidently, not no one cares. You care. I care. No one ever, and if I start with somebody else, I was going to start with me again. So, uh. this, so this seems to be something that, because that, this is similar to the last person that called. So generally, generally, if you feel this way, you're going to find other people in the class that also feel this way. Some people just don't have the kayak to stand up to the bullies. But if you gather the, 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 the good kids that don't like it together and you form yourself a little group, you have that security and you, could, you, could be, you will be surprised. You could stop this. You could. If you get like a few kids, you find out there are other kids out there that also feel but like all you the feel. kids will come on the roof. There's only like a few kids, and they're all going on them. So you have to find a few kids that will support you in your in your attempt to save this kid. You know, imagine if a kid's drowning, right? And you're reaching out, and you can't you you can't reach him, and you have three kids standing over there. You say, "Yo, give me a hand. We could do this together." So you go, you include them. You understand what I'm saying? You have an opportunity of saving this kid. Go get other people involved. Okay? I have another question, Mike. We're like the, the highest grade in our yeshiva, and we're down on the chakra separate, and there's two classes that I need that, and they down with me in, and... My rib, and they always need it. Many of my Rebbe never lets us go. That'll help them with spinning. I'm sure your Rebbe has a reason. I don't know. That's like, that sounds like a question that's like a little bit school oriented. So I'm sure there's like. And a lot of times he doesn't tell me all the kids. I'm sure that school has their reason. I never get involved in, in such things until I understand. You have to understand there's so many different details that are involved in how a school is run. So you can never know what their what the reason is. I would ask the Rebbe and see what he says. Well, the Rebbe says right away, no, you can't go in right now. I, I wouldn't ask. I would ask him why, why, why is it this way, and could we maybe change it? See what he says. Okay. Thanks. You got it, Sadik. Okay, bye. Bye. Hi, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, how are you? Hi. Um, so it goes like this. I have this teacher that she tells, she always calls me out of class and she tells me that I, I'm on top of the world and I own the world and I should never think that I own the world. And, I, and like, she basically makes me feel like I take away your power, but just opposite. All the other teachers, nobody ever told us to me besides for her. And she always has a pick on me. And it's like, sometimes I feel like, hello, it's like, hello, it's just, it's not me, and she always like she's always snobbing everybody out, and she always has like this bad look and everything. And like whatever we do, she has something to say. And the class is messy. She goes, "Why is it messy again?" Like she always has something to say, and it's getting me so nervous. And it's like she always calls me out every single day, and she yells at me. And it's like, why can't you find the same thing? Why does she just look at the bad? Right. First of all, it sounds like a terrible situation, 
and, and I feel really bad that you're in the situation. But but I have to tell you that, you know, you're going to... First of all, you have to realize this isn't going to be a person that you're going to be learning a lot from in life. Because she apparently doesn't hasn't figured out how to give over to you what, what she needs to. You got to lower your radio. Can you lower your radio? Hello? What? Lower your radio because I'm hearing myself. And it's Sorry. freaking me out. Okay. Okay. So, I think that, I think that, first of all, have you discussed this with your parents? Have you told your parents that this happens? And it's like, it's like, I don't know, it's like only this one teacher, and I, and like everyone else tells me I'm a star, and I'm a star, but she always has like find the bad and everything. Why can't she like once find the good, okay? It's like getting me so nervous. Wait, why does she think that I own the world? Like, like, I don't. Well, first of all, everybody, the one that feels Everybody owns the world. Everybody owns the world. Okay, and, but and still. I, I, I don't, I, I have to tell you, if you have a She message, means it like as if like I'm a big shot or something like that. When she is the one that thinks like, she thinks like I'm taking away from her, like covered from her power type. But like, why am I, it's not what I'm doing. It's so, just so I'm sitting in class and trying to participate. But. You're very smart. And you're going to tell me the answer without me having to say it. Okay? Whose problem is this? It's her problem. Thank you. still getting me okay. so nervous already. Thank you. So now if it's her problem, if you're sta you ever stand next to somebody on the train that had, like, really bad acne, okay? So do you walk away, like, itching your face? No. no. You kind of, like, are uncomfortable. When you get off the train, you say... Thank you, Hashem, that I don't have really bad acne. Yeah, and That's I feel bad for okay. her, but here I, I, it's like... I feel bad for her, too. Here it has nothing to do with me. Here it has something to do with me. Ah, but it really doesn't. Because she... But she's, she's, she's putting a bad word against me. And you like, think anybody's listening to her? She's teaching me next year also. Do, do you think people so. are listening to her? People do listen to her. She's, I guess, like... Like, then, in then, school, she's, like, more of, like, a laughing stock. But at a school, like, she's, like, she's come from a very honorable family and, like... <laughs> All right. Uh, you know what? I, it does, I, if, if, people are, if people are listening to her, then you have to worry about it. If people are not listening to her, then you have to discount it. If she starts talking to other people about you... Then you have to speak to your parents about... Oh, so that's my second question. I wonder, are teachers allowed to speak to about their students? Not really. Not no. really? Because I have this teacher always speaks, like, she teaches in a few schools. She always speaks about me, but she does, she's like, it's like mostly Shemra, because, like, I never did that thing, but she would always say it, like, she, oh, it's she really did, like, not allowed. oh, the girls, you have to participate, because if not, you're going to ruin it's your really, sewing. It's really not it's allowed. Like, you know something? There were certain teachers in the school I used to teach in that Hashem should bless them. They used to, if, if teachers would start talking about students in the teacher's room, they used to pick themselves up and they used to say, I'm eating in my classroom. I used to walk out. It's inappropriate. It's inappropriate. Like we were walking through, we were walking through the teacher's room and we walked through a group of teachers and we heard them speaking about us. It was getting us so nervous. I, I have, like, like I, you can't, you don't have anything good to say about your students? Only bad, bad, bad? Come on. I, I have a YouTube clip calling... That's, don't talk about us in public. I have a whole thing about it. Can't, teachers cannot talk about it. And kids know. And by the way, when teachers go, oh, you know that you know who? Come on. Everybody knows who they're talking about, and that's not, that's not getting away with it. They can't do that either. Teachers, you know what? It's disrespectful to the whole process. It's okay, like it's okay they teach in separate schools. Okay, it's one thing that you say, okay, a girl and like, okay, so one of my previous students did to the teacher for so many years. They're saying, okay, my ninth graders this year in this school did said this and did this. It's like, okay, it's, and if the girl knows someone from that school, also who did that? And a girl like girl from that school came over to me asking me who, who in your class did. I was like, who in your class did it? It's a totally different story. But so. Basically the same. Yes, my sleeves got all ripped up, and I had to redo my sleeve. Like, it's very annoying. It's, it's not. It's not a good thing. But I, it's. It's another. It's just. I don't really have an answer except to tell you that you can't let it ruin your life. 
you really can't. Like, I just couldn't care what people say about me, but it's just, like, so annoying when you walk on the street and then you hear someone heard from the teacher that you heard from this one, you heard from that one. Oh, that this and this girl and this and this school did this and this. Like, it, well, that's it's why, like, that's it's like someone's trying to get a job somewhere, like, yeah, so like, it's going to ruin everything. Well, she said right. that one nasty comment in the middle of class, so like, she's yeah, getting, the right. teacher got so sensitive and everything. Like, people have to watch what they say. They you're can't so, say you're so mind. right. You're so right. And people, people who least expect it are going to go to terrible Gehenim for this. People who think that they're going to be going up to Shamayim and they're going to be sitting down to a big, beautiful banquet are going to be, like, stuck in a hole. This is one thing that very many great people are nechsholin, and it's a real, real killer. It's a real killer. Because as you said, the ramifications... It's like the story that... that um. Yitzhi uh, Earps just said on, on, on the radio now, it's like the same thing, and something totally different happened, and she's just going and repeating what she, what, what she thinks happened, or what she knows didn't happen, but she's trying to want her students to listen. She's like, girls, if you don't listen, your sleeve is going to rip, and you're going to have to do your own sleeve. Well, it's like, because a girl in the other school, whatever, this in the school, and this in his grade, so, you know, the whole story is out. There was one teacher used to say out loud, always, the she our tells test it to of, everything all kinds. Like, like she wants them Russia. to listen to the tell them the story. She wants them to, she wants them to like sit by the sewing machine. Like, no, if you don't sit, you're gonna fall and get hurt. Like the girl in the school is like that. It's it's so annoying. It's annoying. It's also dangerous. Thank you for calling. Because the thing is, okay, when we hear the story from a different school, okay, it sounds interesting. Okay, like because it's facing class and we hear the story. Like when it's about us, all of a sudden, like we get all blown up. Like, oh, why is she speaking at us? That's what I'm saying. That's what I think. She used to always say stories. She's a teacher since seventh grade. So it's like now she's three years and she's teaching us for another two years. All right, Faye. I don't know how they have the same teacher teaching so many years. Anyways, we're out of time. It's a great point. And I'm going to wrap up actually on your point, okay? Thanks okay. a lot for calling. And and the point is, the point is, and I heard this from, from I think the best teacher I've ever experienced in my entire life was Revitin Pesi Brudni, may she rest in peace. It was Revit Brudni's wife. May she rest in peace. She was such an unbelievable human being. And she used to say, teacher's nisayon of Lashon Hara is not to speak about children. She used to say, we can't speak about children. We can't speak negative. And there has to be a toilet. And that's the bottom line. Because the result could be disastrous. This is Simcha Cohen. It's 901. And we're hearing from Nisim that our time is up. And we had a great show. And I want to thank everybody for calling. And we will be back next week.